You've got work friends, you've got best friends, and now you've got ghoul friends. Hello and welcome to episode 122 of the Ghoul Friends Podcast. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Celeste. And there's a rabid animal beside me. You may get some ASMR of Kitty going to town on a catnip toy (laughs) as we speak. She's going crazy. She walked over literally right before we hit record and flopped over and is just now getting it. Flinging it. Just flinging it around. So it's cutie, cute kitty SMR, ASMR for you. It's really cute. It is very cute. She, um, she's just the cutest cat. Yeah, she is. Like, she's just the typical, like, cat. Yeah. Like, she loves to play. She loves to snuggle. Mm-hmm. She doesn't. She, oh, <laughs> well. She, like, she's drooled. Hissing at the cat toy now. <laughs> she's quite cute. Yeah. And we She's don't know. She's very lo- or vocal. Vocal, yeah. She will chirp and chatter and she will let you know. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yes. Uh, Mishka, on the other hand, we, we don't know what Mishka is. Mishka's part dog, part... Demon. D- yeah. We part, don't... Yeah. Annoying. Mm-hmm. Water buffalo. Water buffalo. Though he did look quite cute this morning in the paint chair in our <laughs> bedroom. <laughs> we have like a... A pink, like, velvet kind of chair, mm-hmm. and it's, like, curved, and Mishio has decided that it's, like, the perfect size for him. So we'll just wake up in the morning and sit straight up, because the chair is right in front of the bed, and he's just like, good morning. He is really cute when he gets in that chair. He is. We were packing for Maine. We leave on Tuesday. Yes. It is Sunday. Yes. Um, so we started packing, and every time he walked by, like, it was a shirt, it was a pair of pants, like, he was he just, had like, to batting it. it. Like, Mishka had to approve every outfit going into that suitcase. No, put that one back, girl. That's heinous, girl. No. I'm doing you a favor, girl. No, thank you. Um, yeah. So, you know, also, kudos to us for doing two episodes in one weekend. Yeah, that for sure. almost unheard of. Well, it'll be nice, too. Next weekend, you know, we'll be just getting back from Maine on Saturday. Yeah. And we're not going to feel like first recording. No. Researching. We're going to no. clean and unpack and relax. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. I think it'll be good that we're, uh... Getting ahead. Yeah. We have had a productive weekend. We have been so productive. I was just worried. I'm glad that we were, though, because I feel like if we would have left things and not been productive, we would have been stressed tomorrow. Yeah. For sure. Like today and tomorrow. I mean, we've got, like we said in last week's episode, yeah. it's more for like me and a little bit you, like, mm-hmm. or like reorganizing like, yeah. every closet and everything. Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you can hear that on the recording. It's really cute. It's very cute. It's cuter to see her, but yeah. Um, yeah, we got literally like three closets organized yesterday. The refrigerator. We clean and like, I mean, clean. Like took all the shelves out. They get gross. And wipe them. Yeah. I was just like, I was ashamed. It's, <laughs> After looking it got pretty there. bad. We'll have like a weird thing with like salad dressings too. Like once you've had them for a little while, I just mm, like, yeah. Caitlin's stress response is to throw it out. Just throw it out. Just throw everything. Start over. (laughs) When in doubt, throw it out. Yes. Um, So we're very organized. We have not like done a deep clean yet, which I think will be like probably this afternoon into tomorrow. Yep. But we did get most of our packing done. Yeah. Just a few odds and ends. Like our makeup, like things we'll use Tuesday morning and then. Yeah. Final things. Some things we have in the laundry still, but. Yeah, I think we're in a good spot. Yep. Cats have everything they need. Kitty's clearly happy. Yeah, she's content down there, just rolling about. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're just just doing it this weekend. Yep, waiting for your parents to get here. Yes. Bringing yeah. us some lunch. Bringing us some lunch, yep, that'll be good. Yeah. Your mother, thankfully, is bringing us to the airport on Tuesday morning. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Like 4 a.m. 
it's gonna be an early it's gonna be an early day. Yeah, we're gonna be tired. But your grandmother's really excited. Yes. She's already planning lunch. She <laughs> when we get there. What time do you land? I was like, I'm something around lunchtime. Well, I will have Italians waiting for you. And I'm like, that's the best answer you could have given me. <laughs> and if you me. listened to last week's episode, you know what about an Italian. We love them. And she knows we're excited for them. Yes, it's gonna be so good. Yep. My body is ready. Yes. Yeah. So let's see. Any anything else? I feel like we did all our chatter yesterday when we recorded the first one. <laughs> we were like, well, that was last week, so we forgot. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of a chilly, rainy day. We, yeah, of course, have cool the windows today. open. Your dad's going to freeze when he gets here. Probably. Yeah. Um, it's going to warm up, but then obviously we're leaving and... It's, it's going to be frigid. Frigid. We had to, like, bust out coats. <laughs> like, coats. It was weird packing, and I was like, all right, Tuesday, and I'm like, oh, it's going to be warm on Tuesday morning, but I'm like, we're going to be you out of here so quick. Yeah. It's going to be... Usually, I'm, you know, I'm, like, debating too. It's just mammy that we're going to see. I'm like, do I want to be like just super comfy and then shower when we get to the hotel? Mm-hmm. I usually feel pretty gross, but I'll probably just feel gross and then shower that night. That night. night. It's just family. Yeah, not family. <laughs> <laughs> that. We can be stinky. It's fine. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be nice. Um excited to to go back to Maine in March. It's a beautiful you time. been there in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, Did you just say it was a beautiful time to go? That was very sarcastic. Oh, I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that was oh so sarcastic. Just like when they told me um, when we went, I think we went one time around your birthday Yeah. in April, and everyone was like, oh, it's mud season. And I was like, I don't know what mud season is. <laughs> and then I got up there, and I realized what mud season is. And it's also not a beautiful time no. to be in Maine. Mud season is mud. Everything mud. is muddy. Because things are melting. Uh, snow is pretty much melted, so the ground is super soft. So, like, stepping in the, like, grass yeah. is just mud yep it's pretty terrible it is not pretty yeah not the most but everybody's like so happy because the snow is like finally like going away and you can like wear a t-shirt outside yeah and, and it's like, like 40, 40 degrees, degrees. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so warm. that's a heat wave in may <laughs> <laughs> after winter yeah yeah so it'll be good to get up there i think the last time i was up there was like march of 2020, 2020. Mm-hmm. it was right the world now. ended and yeah you know well the first the first time i feel like the world we've, ending <laughs> we've We've had so many unprecedented events at this point. It's so true. It seems like one thing after another. COVID is seeming to kind of be mm-hmm. going away. And then, oh, how about a war? Right. Yeah. And obviously for, for everyone that I'm sure, unless you are under a rock, you know what is going on in Ukraine. I hope by the time that this episode airs, there are positive movements with that crisis. But, you know, we've definitely been thinking about the folks in Ukraine. So. Yes. If you happen to be in that region, just know that our, our thoughts are with you. Yes. Um, yeah. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? Um, I don't think so. I think there's not really a whole lot to talk about. Not much has changed <laughs> in between the time we recorded these two episodes. Yep. Um, all right. Well, what did you, did you have a theme or like, what did you do? Well, I started with some like haunted houses that are for sale. Oh, um, but then I kind of threw in like a haunted doll that's for sale. Cause okay. who doesn't love a haunted doll? Yep. That's very true. All right. And just Kitty's now drinking, but it's just so cute. Like she's so dainty and like, she's so cute when she drinks and Mishka just sounds disgusting. Mishka sounds like a water buffalo. He literally drinking. is a water buffalo. It's gross. You're just like, why do you sound like that? Yeah. Take a breath. Not wrong. It's just so cute. Especially, we have a fountain down here, but, like, Mm -hmm. we have a bowl upstairs, and a lot of times she'll just dip her paw in the bowl and then, like, lick her paw. (laughs) It's so cute. It's quite cute. Everything Kitty does is just cute. It really is. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, Hydrate, back kitty. To it. Hydrate. Um, do you want me to start? Do you want to start? Um, so I've got two. One is the first one's a little longer, and the second one is like fairly short. Okay. So if you want to start with yours? Okay. I've got three. So okay, perfect. Um, so I also kind of went went off on the haunted houses theme because okay. who doesn't love a good haunted house? Mm-hmm. Um, this one actually I had not heard of this before, and this took me down a rabbit hole. So. Okay. I promise you we're going to get to the ghosts, but it's really important to talk about the history behind this house and the people that lived there, Okay, which is really, really fascinating, actually. I actually really enjoyed researching this. Okay. So I'm talking about the Molly Brown house, and that is in Denver, Colorado. Now, I loved Colorado, by the way. Colorado is gorgeous. Yeah. Denver was gorgeous. We almost died from oxygen deprivation in Breckenridge, but it was no. gorgeous. We almost didn't make it to Breckenridge, P.S. Remember your mother? Oh, they messed up our car rental, and I thought <laughs> Kathy was going to lose it. Yeah, that was funny. It's not a family vacation unless something goes wrong. <laughs> it's true. So, you know, memories were made. They were. Um, so I know I talked to you a little about this yesterday, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, would if I had said Molly Brown, would you have known who that was? No. Okay. So I, I feel like most people are probably in that same boat. But I guarantee, um, probably by the time I'm done with this, you will at least know her without realizing that you know who this person is. All right. So let's talk a little bit about it. So Molly Brown was actually born as Margaret Tobin Brown. She went by Molly. She was born in 1867 in Hannibal, Missouri to Irish parents. um, And she had a brother named Daniel. And um, basically, you know, they grew up, uh, I think, very lower middle class. Um, Molly worked. I mean, this was not a family with a ton of money, Okay, but her and her brother, Daniel ended up moving to it's either Leadville or Leadville. My apologies, Colorado. That was kind of the trend at the time to go out West Mm -hmm. and that's where they ended up. So Molly was working in Colorado when she uh, met a man named JJ Brown, same last name, no relation, obviously. (laughs) If they end up together, I hope not. (laughs) Um, And they got married in 1886. Glad so they're not they're not related. No, <laughs> JJ was a mining engineer, um, and he also came from very you know his family did not have money from what I read about him either. Uh-huh. Um, so he had a job, but it was not paying very well at the time. Okay. Um, so together, obviously, they were trying to make a living. Um, I believe Molly was a teacher, and the luck kind of moved on the up and up for them when JJ discovered gold in what was called the Little Johnny Mine. Oh, okay. Mind you, this was kind of the gold rush yeah. out west. Um, this was a huge discovery. And because J.J. was, I think, a smart man with some you know, uh, foresight, he, became, he at the time was the primary shareholder in the Ibex Mining Company. So the discovery of this gold was found in a mine that was owned by that company. Okay. So this was huge. Yeah. Basically, like from what I read, virtually overnight, J.J. and Molly became millionaires. Nice. So this was a massive, like, this was a huge thing for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so from there, with their kind of newfound funds, JJ and Molly ended up traveling the world. And Molly, you know, really got into journalism and writing. Um, she would write articles on where they were at for Denver's newspapers, and they would publish them. Um, but, you know, I couldn't find a whole lot about their actual relationship but we do know that in 1909, they did decide to separate. Um, it seemed like this was pretty amicable. And um, in that settlement, Molly got to keep their lavish Colorado home, which we are going to be talking about later on. Okay. They never actually divorced. They just separated. And J.J. ended up dying in 1922. 
Okay. Now, here is where, if you do not still know who Molly Brown is, you may now start figuring that out. Okay. So in 1912, um, separated, living her good, independent, um, you know, hot girl life, yep. Molly took a trip to Egypt, Rome, and Paris with her daughter, Helen, and a woman named Madeline Astor. Now, on this trip, they got word that Molly's grandson had gotten sick, so she kind of stopped the trip early and tried to find the closest ship to go back to Colorado, okay. or the United States at least. The only ship that was available that was crossing the Atlantic at the time was a ship known as the Titanic. Ooh. Oh, now I know. And if you know what happens with the Titanic, <laughs> this is going to start making more sense. Yes. But now I know who you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. So, obviously, I'm not going to go through the whole story of the Titanic. It is a very interesting one. I would actually love to do an episode on the Titanic, mm-hmm. just because the the history behind it is fascinating. I but know you know this fun fact, but do you want me to tell my fun fact? You can tell. Of it. my connection to the Titanic? Ah, do it. My great, I think it's my great, great, or my great, I don't think it's three greats. I think it was two greats, were... My great great grandfather on my grandfather's side, so my yeah. paternal great great grandfather, had a ticket on the Titanic, like on like the lower, like obviously he was just yeah. the lowest class to get on, uh, but actually missed the ship, um, and so had to return to Finland and, and then saved his life. Yep, and then my great grandfather came over, not on the Titanic, yeah. obviously, but uh, was the first um, person, in, yeah, to come over. Wow, that's exciting. Okay. If you wouldn't have missed the ship, I'll say you wouldn't have existed. Sizzled wouldn't have been here. It's crazy how little like synchronicities like that yeah. occur. I think there are many people that probably have similar stories sure. of like just you know relatives that mm-hmm. missed the boat. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and now Kitty's eating, and it's just so cute. When it's she the cutest it. cat ASMR in this episode. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. You keep saying it. It's like background noises. Like people will literally do YouTube videos of them like tapping their nails on things and like making kind of like background noises, like white noise, I think could be considered ASMR. Um, but like, it's a whole genre that would drive me nuts. Like I could not listen to someone tap their fingernails on something for 30 minutes, but, um, some people like it. Oh, well, I hope they like it with Kitty (laughs) chomping in the background. There you go. (laughs) Um, so we all know the story of the Titanic and what happened. So I'm going to fast forward to the night that the ship began sinking, uh, which I believe was, April 12th of 1912. Okay. So as the ship began to sink, obviously Molly was in a high, one of the higher classes. Mm -hmm. Um, Remember that the Titanic's passengers were separated into lower and high classes based on, you know, how wealthy they were. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously being very wealthy, Molly was one of the first to, I believe, get off of the boat or the ship. She ended up being in lifeboat number six. And literally when I say drop, I mean drop. She was dropped four feet into the lifeboat as it went down off the ship. She was in the lifeboat with 21 women, two men, and a 12-year-old boy. Um, Lifeboat 6 ended up being rescued by the Carpathia, which was the first ship to reach the Titanic at 4.30 a.m. So once aboard, Molly realized that she could be helpful because she spoke multiple languages, and many of the passengers did not. Um, So she began to act as an interpreter, and she also started a fund with the other wealthy passengers while on the Carpathia for the lower-class passengers who had literally lost everything. Um, By the time they reached New York City, they had raised $10,000. So because of her survival and because of her quick thinking and um, basically helping whether or not she was allowed to, there's stories where she fought with a lot of the Titanic's male 
staff and like assisting, even though they didn't want her to, she kind mm-hmm. of really didn't give a shit. Yeah. Um, so because of that, when she stepped off into New York city, she claimed that she was unsinkable yes. and that led to the nickname, the unsinkable Marley Brown. Oh. So that is probably how you know her. And she was, remind me, the actress on the Titanic who portrayed her. Kathy Bates right. played her. And it's kind of interesting now reading about this because in the movie, if you remember, um, Rose's mama, who was a bit a big old bitch, mm-hmm. does not like Kathy Bates. Remember, right. she talks about new money. Mm-hmm. That's because they had just made new money when JJ found the gold in the mine. Interesting. And at the time, and why I really don't get this, there was this like argument between old money, which was like inheritance, right. blah blah blah, and new money. People who had created their own mm-hmm. money for themselves. Like, listen, money is money. <laughs> and I was like. I, I, and check I don't care if you got, yeah, you got money or you don't have money. It looked like they were having a lot more fun. Yeah, <laughs> Kathy Bates looked like she was a hoop. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you watch the movie, that may make things help, you know, make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, after the sinking, Molly did survive. She made it back to the United States. She ended up supporting a life of act, um, pursuing a life of activism. Um, she uh, did a lot of uh, protesting on, like, workers' rights women's rights and became a huge supporter of the arts. So she really lived her hot single girl life, the rest of her life, just rich and doing whatever she wanted. Um, you know, reading about her, she kind of struck me as, you know, one of the early kind of women that realized that you didn't need to be married to be someone. Badass. Yeah, yeah. A badass. And she was a badass. Um, she ended up passing away in 1932 in her sleep in the Barbizon hotel. Um, so overall, a wild-ass life, and I would classify her as a bad bitch if I had to. I think so, too. So that brings us back around to her house. Okay. Um, again, this is in Denver, Colorado. It's located at 1340 Pennsylvania Street. Um, so the house itself, it's a beautiful house if you look it up. It was built in the 1880s um, for the large family and was bought by the Browns in 1894. Now, when JJ began to get sick, he signed it over to Molly in 1898. Um, so because the Browns traveled quite frequently, especially Molly after even JJ died in their separation, they frequently would rent the house out while they were gone. And at one point it actually served as the interim governor's mansion while the actual mansion was under renovation. Okay. So many people have passed through. Um, so as far as hauntings go, I found this kind of interesting because I mean, all in all, Molly Brown led a, an adventurous and full life. I, you know, I couldn't find any record of anything bad happening, but I think it's just, this was such a, an area that they loved and like, they loved the house so much. I think that's the source of the energy there. So for example, people who visit often will report smelling pipe smoke, Mm -hmm. even though there is no smoking allowed in the home. Um, apparently JJ very frequently, smoked a pipe. So okay. they think that is him kind of still hanging around. Um, light bulbs tend to undo themselves to the point where they need to be screwed back in or checked. Mm. Um, I'm sure that must drive the staff nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and furniture is even rearranged in the home. The staff okay. will leave and then come back and it's completely different. Um, and they have even caught, I believe on camera and they have seen this, um, a woman in a Victorian dress, Interesting. which I, if I had to guess, I would think that would be Molly. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, you have your typical cold spots and the woman in the Victorian dress, as well as uh, who they believe to be JJ, have been spotted walking around the house. 
So, I mean, from what I read, no one thinks of these as like scary hauntings. I think they're just upkeeping the house. Mm -hmm. Um, So today the house is actually a museum and it's dedicated to Molly Brown's life and work and her survival of the Titanic sinking. Nice. Um, So you can actually go tour it and walk around in there. That's cool. Yeah. It's funny, like, you watch the movie Titanic and, like, obviously it's like a, it's not a fictional story, but, like, the storyline is... Semi, yes. you know, like Rose and Jack. Those were, yeah, they were not real not, people, right? But like they have Molly Brown was, right? Yeah, they have like real parts of it that are mm-hmm. the owners of Macy's yes. that were in oh. there. I know it's so heartbreaking, but like I, it's it's interesting that they added a lot of you know truth into the movie. Yeah, they turned it into like a love story. Yeah, and I mean, I would really recommend if anyone's interested, you should really go back and look up kind of how they made Titanic because James Cameron was mm-hmm. utterly obsessed with making sure that every detail was accurate or as accurate as it could be to the point where I believe in the first release, the night sky depicted during the sinking was incorrect. And they actually went in and retouched it so that the night (laughs) sky looked as if it would have looked the night the ship sank. Like, I mean, down to every freaking detail. I mean, then they have like that, the, like, like the, it's like a replica, but Mm -hmm. it's tiny. And a lot of it was shot on this like tiny ship. Yeah. You know, it it was, it is pretty cool. It's truly fascinating, Mm -hmm. especially in the nineties. I mean, this was, I think it came out in 97. It was old. Yeah. I remember. I, I'm sure I told I this story. A, I got one too, but go ahead. <laughs> on, um, I'm sure I've shared this before, but my one of my college roommates and I were obsessed with watching the Titanic. But we Before were, the time of the DVD. It was, DVDs were just coming out. <laughs> um, so we had the old two VHS <laughs> <laughs> classic, and we watched it so often Ooh. that we would go back and forth like, who had to switch it? Yeah, because we had like our dorm like set up and like our beds were really high, so we had like shit underneath our beds. Yeah, those were terrible days. <laughs> those were some times. Um, but we would literally just switch all. You did it last time, so like <laughs> tape one is over. Switch to tape two. Like oh, yep. and you're like, do you rewind the first one before putting in the second one, or do you just put the second one in and then rewind them both at the yeah. end? Yeah, I know. I mean, truly, I know that's gonna blow so many you know people who are younger than us. The fact that there was not enough space on a videotape for that much movie (laughs) they had to literally split her in half (laughs) you went to the vhs store the movie you know store and then you get it and you get it you put it in and the person before you didn't rewind it and you have to rewind yeah we're gonna take forever (laughs) it was a hot friday (laughs) night man so fun hitting up the movie store we didn't Mm -hmm. even have a blockbuster we just had the good old carolina video we had k and k video Oh man, that's making me like you have got to tell your Titanic story because I know where you're going with it, and it's probably one of the funniest stories (laughs) of your family's history. (laughs) So, to preface the story on my mom's side, I have an aunt, and we (laughs) call her Nana. Why I don't know, we just call her that. Um, her name is Linda, but uh, she when we were growing up, she lived with us for a little bit, so like we very frequently were with her. Like she babysat us a lot. I was. Can young. we just talk about Linda first, though? Being like the crazy fun aunt that's like she really wild. is. Like she's like my favorite of your family. Her and my mother are like polar opposites of like the spectrum. Linda is just down for a good time at any time. Yep, she is. <laughs> She's a wild one. Yes. So she would watch us a lot. And I remember one time my parents were out of town. I think they had a conference or something. So she was watching us and she was like, let's go to a movie. And, you know, Gabby's little, little. I'm probably under the age of 10. And she's like, let's go see Titanic. <laughs> So we go see Titanic in theaters. I would have been seven. Okay, it came out in 97, so I was seven. I mean, Gab was like 
one. I mean, she may not have even been born yet, depending, but, um, I remember being in the theater and like, obviously there are some sex scenes in this movie (laughs) and Linda just like putting her hand over my eyes, like don't watch that. (laughs) And then of course the ending of Titanic is particularly brutal. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, a seven year old watching a ship full of people die in freezing (laughs) cold water. I was like, Oh my God. I survived. I think Linda took me to get ice cream after and it was all (laughs) smooth that over. But I told my parents, obviously, after, because I didn't know any better. And my dad was like, why would you take her to see Titanic? And my aunt dead ass goes, I didn't realize they were all going to (laughs) die. It's the Titanic. (laughs) That is one of so many stories with her. But Another movie story is when your dad took you and your sister to go see Chucky, thinking it was a Rugrats movie. (laughs) He almost did. We did not always get all the way there. My mother thankfully (laughs) intervened. Um, He did take me to go see Independence Day with Will Smith when I was like little, which is also a very scary alien movie. And, you know, I think he realized he had picked the wrong movie when Will Smith punched the alien in the face and said, welcome to earth mother trucker. (laughs) And he was like, I made a mistake. (laughs) You know, I mean, just one of our many treasured childhood memories. (laughs) Why we need therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Made for some good stories. I'll give it that. Um, yeah. So if you're in Colorado, definitely go see the Molly Brown house. It's now on my list to go hit up if we ever go back to Denver. Yeah. So yeah, that was my first one. Nice. Yeah. All right. Going to take a turn to maybe a little darker uh, territory. Yeah. All right. Where are we going? Um, so we're going to do first, these are, everything is for sale. Okay. As of (laughs) last year. I don't, I didn't. Okay. Everything must go. Everything must go. Um, we're going to start with the conjuring house. Um, we'll start off with a with a bang here. Yep. Uh, this is in Burlville, Rhode Island. Yes. I think we talked a little bit about this before. We did. Um, so it was built in 1836. Mm-hmm. It is a three-bedroom um, rustic like farmhouse. Yes. Um, obviously, the movie was not filmed here. This no. was just the house that was the inspiration for the movie. In the movie, I think it's way bigger. Yeah. This actually isn't a very big house. No. It's pretty, it's pretty small. It yeah. looks pretty terrifying, though. Yeah, like, from the outside. We'll hang out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously it's haunted. Mm -hmm. Um, it was purchased in 2019 by Corey and Jen Heinzen. Okay. Um, for $439,000. Um, and they now have it on the market for $1.2 million. So they level up. Yeah, sure. Um, but they have confirmed that they say it is very active and Mm. very haunted. Okay. Um, when they first moved in, they obviously knew that the house was haunted, and mm-hmm. so they wanted to respect kind of the ghosts that lived there. Sure. And decided that they were going to stay in the same room for four months while the ghosts kind of got, like, used to, used them. to them. And they didn't mm-hmm. want to, like, just intrude and just take over the entire house. Yeah. Um, they said pretty quickly, as soon as they kind of just kind of hunkered down into this room, um, they started seeing a figure peering around a doorway. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Checking in and, like, seeing, like... We've had a few of those, and I don't... We've had, remember in Massachusetts, there was a period. Mm-hmm. We had one. That peered around. I, that freaked me. Them out. and those freaking stairs. I feel mm-hmm. like anytime you got near it, you felt like you were being pushed, shoved, or pushed. I had a hard time at that house. Yeah. At that house. Remember, I had to have a, a cleansing up yeah. in there. I forgot about that. I forgot. I tried to forget about it. Yeah. I do remember seeing that there was like a head that would peer around mm-hmm. the bottom of the stairs, and it, it freaked me out. Yeah. And I remember I would have a hard time taking like the first step mm-hmm. to go down the stairs because I felt like I was going to fall. Yeah. 
um, anyways, yeah, this little peering ghost um, was peeking around. So, no, not, not no, looking for that. Um, they do know of a spirit in the house, but they're unsure if the peering ghost is this same ghost. Okay. Um, this is Beth- Bathsheba Sherman. Yes. Who lived in the house in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unclear if the Heinzens are moving because of the activity or they're just going to make like a stellar they just profit. Wanna, yeah, sure. Um, they're over it. Um, but the Perrin family lived in the house in the 1970s, um, were kind of spooked into selling the mm-hmm. house. Um, at the time there were seven people living in the house, um, and they were all being affected. Yeah. Um, their beds were shaking violently. Brooms would fly across the room. Mm-mm. Um, I mean, it got pretty like violent. Yeah. And then they had obviously Ed and Lorraine Warren come in. Yeah. It's just not seemed to like settle down. Stop. It yeah. just seems... I'm like, how does the like value go up that much? <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. I think you'd have to go down with that, right? right? It's, it is interesting. But, yeah. yeah. Right. I know we've kind of talked about that, but I find it interesting when it comes up for sale. Yeah. No, and I will say too because I believe I talked about them before. Um, in the movie, obviously the house looks very, very different. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, they kind of make Bathsheba like the big bad villain. Mm-hmm. And historically, um, that's not all correct. Uh, there were many rumors about her, if I remember correctly from my research, but she was never um, like actually no like hard evidence was ever found of her being a witch or like doing bad things. So they kind of ran with that one from the mm-hmm. Hollywood perspective. So. I feel like that's all of Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I do love that one, though. Mm-hmm. I, I don't good. know if I'd go hang out there. No, thank you. I would. <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Are you ready for my next one? Yes. So kind you of... two or three? I have just one more. Okay. So my next one is actually we're going to stick around in the same area. Okay. Uh, we're going to hang around, and for this one, we're going to Salem. Okay, we've been there. We've been to Salem. Got haunted in Salem. Got haunted in Salem. So today I uh, was reading about it, and I want to talk about the Josh Ward house, um, which is now called that, but we're going to talk about who lived there before. Okay. So it's located at 148 Washington Street. Um, The original house was built in 1784, and today I believe it's a luxury hotel if you go there. Now... Joshua Ward really doesn't have much to do with this story. He was a wealthy merchant. He built the house, and he was lived there and passed away, but not a big deal. Okay. Um, who we're talking about is who lived there and worked there before, and that is a person named George Corwin. Now, George Corwin was 25 years old and was the high sheriff during the witchcraft trials of 1692. Okay. So he was actually known as the Strangler for the 19 men and women that he oversaw their executions and basically signed off on them. Okay. He also oversaw the execution of Giles Corey, who mm-hmm. is a famous figure in the witchcraft trials. He was accused of being a warlock. He was 81 years old, and he was uh, executed via pressing, which is Ugh. where they put stones on your chest. Mm-mm-mm. And it said that um, as they did, they would ask him to declare that he was a warlock, and he would essentially say more weight, and they kept pressing until he was dead. Legend also says that Corey cursed Salem with his dying breath. Now, that's a little bit of urban legend, but that's mm-hmm. what they say. Okay. So there's actually a lot of activity in this house now, um, and there's thought to be three main spirits. Um, first is the ghost of Corwin himself, mm-hmm. who died on the property in 1697 of a heart attack, and is also said to be buried there. I couldn't exactly pin down where that is. Okay. Um, 
Now, they say that when your people on the property will say that they often feel like they are being strangled. Like mm-hmm. they feel hands around their neck. They feel like they can't breathe. Mm-hmm. And it's thought that this might be Corwin himself because he's just a nasty Nelly in the afterlife still. Yep. Um, Giles Corey is also thought to still hang around there. This is kind of interesting. So visitors report the typical cold spots, objects falling, and candles melting without ever being lit. Ooh, I don't like that. However, in certain instances, um, they have seen that when these candles have melted, they melt into the letter S. And it's thought that S stands for sheriff, as in George Corwin. So it's thought that Giles Corey may be still trying to seek revenge in the afterlife. I mean, fair. Fair. (laughs) I get that. Um, And the third ghost is actually, she does not have a name. She is believed to perhaps have been one of the women executed by Corwin um, after being declared a witch. She was actually captured on a photo in a 1981 party that was held in the house. And I kind of, you know, I kind of get this, but men often report being uncomfortable in the house and getting scratched. Just men. Mm-hmm. So. Come and get you. Mm-hmm. So that is the uh, the Joshua Ward house. I don't think we saw this when we were in. Yeah. I'm, I'm it doesn't sound familiar. familiar. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I really, if we ever get to go back to Massachusetts, I would love to go back to Salem. Yeah. We need to do more things when we travel. Yes. Specifically looking up, like, haunted things. Yes. Yeah. It's true. True, true. So those are my two. All right. Well, I've got two more. I've got one. They're both kind of small. Okay. Um. So we're going to stay in the same genre here with the haunted um, houses for sale. Okay. Um, This is kind of in the same area. We're going to stay in Rhode Island. Uh Um, This is called the George Champlin uh, Mason House. Okay. It is for sale for a cool $4.5 million. Chunk change. Chunk change, baby. Um, This mansion was built by architect George Champlin Mason for himself in 1873. Um, just, I love that he just named it his own house. <laughs> <laughs> the Caitlin Seymour Chateau. Yeah. <laughs> I would it's big it. energy. I like it. <laughs> um, just think of a classic Victorian style home. Very okay. luxurious. Very like quaint and yeah. just kind of over the top. Yeah. Um, it has 12 bedrooms and 12 and a half bathrooms. Just cozy. Just, I just, I don't understand. Like Tom Brady's cozy. mansion has like 24 bedrooms and like 16 bath. Like I just... When do you ever need that many? When are rooms? that many people gonna roll up to your house and need somewhere? Need, to, like yeah. I just don't. I don't get that. It's just too much. Like I get you're rich enough, you have like cleaning people, but I'm like, we literally have three bedrooms, three bathrooms, and mm-hmm. it's too much space for us. Like we yeah. barely ever go into like the guest the bedroom. guest bedroom. Mm-hmm. Very rarely. Very true. Like I just, <laughs> I know it's. I don't get it's it too either. Much. Yeah. Like I see like having a big house, but like. Over six bedrooms, even being a multi-millionaire is too much. Yeah, I would agree with that. Unless you have, like, eight kids. Yeah, fair enough. You're you're done. Then you need a big house, yeah. but, you know what, I get it. Um, anyways, so it is just a small 5,800 square feet. Mm-hmm. Um, but from the time it was built, it's been kept in really, like, good shape. It's mm-hmm. never been abandoned like or forgotten. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was actually recently remodeled, and it is, like, an absolute, like, stunner. Mm. It's beautiful. It's very modern, very, like... Does someone live there, or...? Um, no. Okay. It's currently a bed and breakfast. Oh, uh, gotcha. Um, so if people stay there, they just don't live there. Well, okay. the, some, something lives there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so like I said, it's recently remodeled. They made like the kitchen just so you can have like cooking classes and oh, yeah. like, every room is used, but only 11 or that uh, 11 of the rooms are rooms for guests to stay okay. in. Sure. Um, but a lot of them as many bed and breakfast, they have like shared bathrooms, but since it's so big, most of these rooms have a designated bathroom okay. attached to them. Sure. Um, so it is for sale. So you can do, you know, obviously you can buy it. You can keep it as bed and breakfast. You can, it's been used as a just private residence. So you yeah. can do whatever you want with it. Okay. Um, but before it was turned into, um, a bed and breakfast, the homeowners, Brian Hanley and Nicholas Main had lived in the house for 15 years. Okay. Um, and this was after George Chalen died in 1894. Okay. Keep in mind. I think this was way longer. Yeah. Like past that. But yeah, sure. I forgot to put in the fact that George died in 1894. Okay. Got lived in. Bed and breakfast. Brandon Nicholas. They lived there for 15 years. Okay. Um, they say that they definitely were not the only ones living there at the time. Mm, okay. Um, it was the two of them only in that huge house. Yeah. Um, but they said they often saw a man, um, like an apparition of a man kind of wearing like period clothing. Yeah. Um, who they believed to be George. Okay. Sure. Um, they also said that mostly at nighttime they would hear women's laughter coming from the halls, like kind of running down the halls mm. laughing, um, which they believed to be maybe the servants of George. Okay. Um, and they would also smell this goes along with um, your story mm-hmm. of the guy who smoked the pipes. Oh, yeah. Um, George apparently was a heavy smoker, um, like of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And they said that they, at 2 a.m. most mornings, if they were awake, would smell cigarette smoke. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, it's mostly, they believe, kind of haunted by George and these servants. Yeah. laughing girls. Um, but if you want to go hang out with them, just yeah. shell out 4.5 mil and... And then invite us to come stay, because... <laughs> I thought we were going to do it. Oh, well, oh, we're buying it? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Perfect. Well, then we'll buy it, <laughs> and then we'll invite everyone to just have a big ghoul friends yeah. sleepover up in there. Perfect. That yeah. sounds good. Okay. okay. Done. Okay. Done. All right. Now, mine, this next one is pretty pretty short, okay. um, but I needed a little something else, mm-hmm. and I had kind of a hard time finding more, like, haunted houses that were actually like, for sale. It's more yeah. of, like, Fair. when you when I researched, it was, like fun houses, like fun haunted houses. Oh, Do you know what I, I'm saying? It happens every time I research it. Yeah. It's so irritating. I'm like, I don't want no damn fake haunted house. I want no. the real thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this doll kind of stuck out to me. I was scrolling. I just oh, went to eBay and typed <laughs> oh, in haunted yeah. dolls and kind of just hit one. Cause a lot of them are like in air quotes, like friendly spirits or like, there were like ones that had like sexual spirits that you're like supposed to put in your bedroom that like make uh, you like oh, all uh, ready. And I was like, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Had never seen that before. It's that a was new a new area of eBay, but okay. Um, but the one that drew my eye to it was, of course, a negative. Of course. Negative uh, demonic entity doll um, named Czar. Okay. And now it is on sale for uh, $60. It ships expedited today from. I bet it does ship expedited in Arkansas. <laughs> Um, so this doll was in possession of a family who, as soon as they brought the doll into their house, um, apparently everybody that entered the house started having like these really negative, dark, like visions and feelings. And Mm -mm. as soon as the doll left the house, that all went away. Yeah. Um, Mm -mm. so it, I don't know the name of this person that's selling it on eBay, but he is the next owner of this doll. Okay. Um, he basically said when he first got the doll, he tried to communicate it communicate with it and he doesn't call it a doll he calls it a vessel 
Um, okay, that makes sense. Which I understood. Yeah, sure. Um, but he said that he got very lightheaded and sick to his stomach where he was in the bathroom almost mm. throwing up. Um, so basically he says, you know, that he has to list it as, um, like, for entertainment pur- purposes only. Like, yeah. you can't list it as, like, it's actually haunted. Right. Uh, but he does have a pretty strict warning and saying, like, you need to really, like, be, be mindful prepared. if you are purchasing this. Um, because, yeah, you know, I've had multiple people have multiple reactions to the doll mm-hmm. um, and said that it does better if you keep the doll in a um, inside a salt circle. Hmm. Um, and also says that... Um, well, what the hell would we do? I mean, we have a salt circle, and then we have air conditioning. What if the air conditioning blows some of that salt right out of there? And we got a demon doll running around the house. I think not. We already have a demon doll running around the house, and his name is Mishka. Oh, yeah, true. We <laughs> full up. I'm not looking for another one. No, we're good. Um, he also warns that strange noises come from the doll. Um, just weird, like... Mm-mm. Just you, I just I'm picturing it in my. Head I just I'm not understanding why you would want to buy a, a haunted doll. like I just I, that I logic. Would. I would. Okay. If I didn't if I was not married to you. Okay, I was gonna say because you have to be in your <laughs> own house to have that doll. In. I would. Um, then he also says that um, he has woken up covered in scratches before, um, and basically just has this negative energy. Um, and he does list it at the end is that the product is sold as is and. In no way, shape, or form are there any type of refunds or exchanges. No takes backs. <laughs> no takesie backsies. Dang. Yee. Yeah. You can buy some haunted shit now. You really can. It's kind of become a thing. Yeah. No, thank you. Nay, nay. Yeah, it's going to be a hard no for me. Yeah, me too. Well, it was a good one. I enjoyed those. And the only reason I say no is because I'm married to you. That's fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's good enough reason for me. Uh, good. All right. Well, come visit me on Facebook. I know yes. your parents are going to get here any second. We kind of cut this one quick. Wrapping her up <laughs> like we've here. We've got about a perfect amount of time. I was half here. expecting them to walk me in too. halfway through the recording and be like, hey. <laughs> so we all loved Mama Ghoul, so I'm yeah. sure you know that would have been fine. Yep. Yes, go see Caitlin on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You can come see us on Instagram at Ghoul Friends Podcast. You can find us on the Twitter at Ghoul underscore Friends. You can find us on TikTok at Ghoul Friends Podcast. You can send us a listener story or email at ghoulfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Please do. We'd love to do another listener story episode. And if you need to get yourself some sweet, sweet Ghoul Friends merch, you can do that at ghoulfriendspod.redbubble.com. All right. Good job. Now, I know that it's going to not be a week skipped for the listeners just because we right. recorded ahead. But- yeah. See in two weeks, I guess. I know. It's a little crazy to think this one's going to be front-loaded. Yep. So, um, yeah, by the time we do our next one, we will be back. Yeah. So we hope you have a safe and spooky, as always, week. Yep. As always, I'm Celeste. And I'm Caitlin. And we're your cool friends. I'm going to buy a doll. No, you're not. <laughs>